Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Call Me When You Get This podcast. My name is Caitlin, and I am so glad that you are here. And I'm hoping that the audio is better this time around. Um, I'm sitting in my parents' closet right now on the floor. My dog is currently barking like crazy, but I'm hoping it doesn't come through. But I'm really excited to be back. But before I even start this episode, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been so kind and encouraging and who has listened to the podcast thus far. It means the absolute world to me. And I'm just so excited that it's out into the world and nervous and expectant all in the same breath. So thank you so much. I appreciate it more than you know. And I'm excited to just keep going and get this thing going. And today's episode is a little heavy. I'm going to try and make it not super heavy, but the nature of it is just heavy. And I was originally going to post my episode with my friend Eric first, but I feel it necessary to get this one out there and it'll help me feel like I have a huge weight off my chest. With that, I do want to just do a disclaimer. I will be talking about divorce and grief and loss in this episode. And so if that, for whatever reason, is triggering to you, feel free to not listen. Um, I'm just going to be sharing my story. And I also want to make a disclaimer that out of privacy for literally everyone involved, I will not be sharing any sort of names or anything like that. It's really going to be quite the condensed version of my story in that regard. And yeah, I just don't want to disrespect anybody or their privacy. So that I think does it for my disclaimers. Okay, I have one more disclaimer. This is really, um, I don't want to say it's hard for me to share, but it's nerve wracking for me to share. And I'm not embarrassed of it at all, but I am just nervous. So please just give me some grace if I don't maybe articulate things well. I'm just a little nervous and I don't really have a plan for this. Surprise, surprise. I have an outline in my head, but I think that it would be really way too scripted if I made like a hard outline or script because this is just my story and I just want to share it to the best of my ability. So without further ado, let's do it. So I was in a relationship for two years, ended up getting engaged in March of 2021 and married later that year to that guy. And it was a really beautiful wedding and super fun, whatnot. And then we ended up going on honeymoon in Jamaica. He got COVID, (laughs) which is crazy to think about. And then we just like continued life. And things kind of hit the fan. We got married in October. Things hit the fan right after Valentine's Day. And just we went to therapy. And a lot of my own doing, I didn't, I wasn't thriving. I was very much prideful and in my head. And um, I'm really guilty of victim mentality. And I think I did a lot of that during that. But ultimately, our marriage did not work out for a number of reasons. But 
I always want to say, like, I don't want to place the blame either way. I think that everybody has their own story and mistakes were made on both ends. So it was obviously very difficult. It wasn't a light decision at all. And so we were married in October of 2021 and I moved out in August of 2022, six days before my birthday and immediately moved in with my friends, Zach and Megan. They had moved to their house, their brand new house the day before and let me come sleep on the floor on a mattress. They were doing the same for about a week and it was the strangest time of my life. Um, nothing can prepare you for that, right? No matter if you've been dwelling on it for a while, whatever, you just have no idea how you're going to react until you're in it. And I think that I was living in like a state of shock for a really long time. Couldn't believe that that's what was happening. And I just kept on keeping on as best as I could. I never took off work and a bunch of my friends did not even know what was going on. Things had been rocky for a long time and I just didn't share with anyone because I'm the type of person you can't know like what's going on <laughs> or I used to be that way. Now I'm just like, yeah, things are a mess. I think I was a little bit embarrassed because I just didn't want people to think like, oh, Caitlin is so messed up or whatever. That's my own pride that I've been working on in therapy. But so I moved in with Zach and Megan for like a week. And then I ended up staying at a hotel later that week. The most disgusting hotel stay of my life in Farragut in Knoxville. And I remember my first night there, I texted who was my cycle instructor, former cycle instructor at the time. And he had become my friend, Steven. And I, I had like him and like four other people, everyone else that had previously been in my life, they either just didn't want to talk to me or basically that, or it was just like too weird because my significant other and I, we like intersected in so many ways in different areas, if that makes sense. And so I texted Steven and I was like, Hey, this is going on. And I just needed to tell someone and Luckily, he received it very well. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. I know that that was a huge bomb to drop. I know I've apologized a million times, but I'm saying sorry one more time. Um, he barely knew me at the time, but really met me with a lot of grace. And for that, I'm so thankful. And now I like joke all the time. And this is a story for another time. I want to have him on the podcast, but I always say that I forced him to be my friend. <laughs> and he's one of my very best friends now. Um, but anyway, so I just was at a loss and I remember sitting in the hotel by myself feeling like I needed to constantly be showering because I cannot emphasize how disgusting it was and just feeling very, very alone for the first time in my life. And I think that we've all probably felt alone, but in that moment, it was so explicit and so loud. I cannot put it into words. And so I ended up going home that weekend and just being with my family because I could not be alone much longer. And then 
Um, some friends were so kind and generous and had a vacant condo that they let me stay in from after that weekend until I eventually ended up moving back to Middle Tennessee in February. So I believe I lived there from September to February. And for that, I will always be so grateful. And I could never, ever, 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 ever repay them for that. And so I would say that I did not process what was going on at all. And then also, I forgot to mention, my dad ended up deciding to do travel x-ray right before all of this started in early August. So he left on August 1st for Detroit and my mom had foot surgery shortly before that. She was not able to walk. And so we were already kind of going through it and then this happened. And then my grandma ended up unexpectedly passing away in December of the same year. And I just remember feeling like completely lost, not knowing which way was up, which way was down, left, right, whatever. And the day of my grandma's funeral, December, I think 8th or 9th of last year, I took a half day off work and I was working from Starbucks after the funeral and just felt numb and like I had nothing left inside me. No emotions to bear, no nothing. And I remember driving back to Knoxville the next day, just feeling like drained and just exhausted. And that would not be the only time I felt that way. So I think that I finally started when my grandma passed away, grieving, not just her, but the life I thought I would have, the relationships I had, the relationship I had, and, um, you know, expectations for my life, for myself. I was really disappointed in myself and part, part of me should have been, but other part of me, I was just not doing well, not speaking kindly to myself at all. And so that was in December. And luckily during all this, I did start working at Cycle Bar. You will learn that Cycle Bar was like a huge transformative thing for me. And I was working before work and after work a lot of the days of the week. And through that made a lot of friends and they became my community when I felt like I really didn't have them or have one other than a few friends. And I was really scared to go to church for some other reasons. So I was just kind of like, okay, here I am. I'm going to figure this out. And I finally got back into my groove of just like life and feeling medium okay. I would not say 100% okay by the time Christmas rolled around. Then my mom got COVID on Christmas. <laughs> and I drove back on December 26th to Knoxville in an ice storm. And felt really alone again. And really realized that I was experiencing grief and sorrow at a very, very high level, but also I was still a little bit happy. I was happy that I felt freedom for the first time in a long time in that I was no longer in an unhappy marriage. I was happy that he was no longer in an unhappy marriage too. No one deserves that. And I was really realizing that joy and sorrow can be held in the same hand and that joy is a choice and I was ready to start choosing it again.
So, um, in the midst of all this, right after my grandma passing away, I went to a cycle class and my friend Steven that I mentioned earlier actually had moved to Nashville and I went and took his class and it was incredible. But I remember in that class is when I decided that I wanted to move back to middle Tennessee because I felt like I could not experience true freedom in Knoxville. I was living in this constant state of fight or flight and fear of running into people, fear of people's reactions, fear of people judging me, whatever. Um, which I now know, like I was so insecure of all of that and had a lot of repairing to do, um, in my own heart and lots of like sin to untangle. That's a whole other story and therapy to have. (laughs) And so I wrote in Stephen's class and just decided that it was time for me to move back to Middle Tennessee and be near family and just kind of, you know, have a fresh start. So I started applying for jobs like crazy, got rejected from a lot. Then I had one secured and literally got like an offer letter and everything. And the company ghosted me, which is crazy. Um, and it was a huge bummer. So then I had two jobs I applied for and interviewed for in January. Um, well, one of them I interviewed for and the other that I applied for, I got rejected literally immediately, not even like two minutes later, I guess AI and later found out that it was because my address was Knoxville. And so it was between this job that I currently have actually now and one other job. And I interviewed for the other job, wanted it more was in the top two candidates and ultimately they decided not to hire me, cried my eyes out for days. And so then I was applying for this other job and was like, okay, if I don't get this one, I'm going to take a break and just kind of settle down for a second and like revisit in the summer and ended up getting an interview. And here we are today, obviously, and moved back in February. But throughout all of that, I was finally getting my groove back in Knoxville felt happy, felt like I was okay. And then God was like, okay, time for you to move again. (laughs) And I was really excited, but also so bummed out because I felt like I had just found my groove, like I said, and just gotten really involved with my friends. Work was going well. I was managing two jobs mediumly well, and it was time for me to move. So I had two weeks from the day they told me I got the job to when I moved and it was insane. I think I moved on Saturday, like February 24th or something and started my job on the 27th. So it was like crazy and very, very, very bittersweet. But I remember leaving Knoxville the day I was moving, driving by myself and feeling so much relief and like I could finally exhale for the first time in a year. And it was almost a year to the day of when everything like hit the fan in my marriage. And so moved back home, which is humbling in and of itself, and started my new job. And I remember the first three months back home. So we're going to say March, April, May, because I moved back like basically at the end of February. I was exhausted from nothing. (laughs) I just had a literal physical release of all the stress and anxiety and fear that I was holding so tightly to in Knoxville. And I felt relief for the first time in a long time. But in the same breath, it was the hardest three months of going through my divorce, which had already been finalized at this point. It was finalized last November. 
but I think that it was all hitting me what had just transpired. I lost a grandparent. My dad was traveling. My mom ended up traveling with my dad. I was by myself again in not a new city, but kind of. And I had a bunch of friends who already lived here and just was unsure how I was going to fit the mold and how I was going to fit in to their lives that were already so established. And that's when I finally decided like, okay, well, I have no option but to surrender not only my expectations, but my agenda and just let God do the leading and figure out what that looks like. And so obviously like some part of it was like me asking people to hang out, but just trusting that it would all work out in due time. And it did. I started going to spin. My friend Steven was my instructor again and through him met um, his partner Cannon. And then also my best friend Fran, who has been such a gift to me. I mean, like guys, I could literally talk about my friends for a whole other episode and it's just worked out in a way better than I could ever have conjured up in my head. And I think that, wait, I'm getting choked up. I am truly so happy for the first time in years, which is so sad to say, but exciting to say at the same time. And I have reconnected with old friends. My friend, Emily, that I mentioned in the last episode, Emily Riley, she was my I think freshman in high school or eighth grade, small group leader at my church, and I saw her at a spin class one day, and she has been the biggest gift to me, and it just is, God is so, 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 so detailed, and obviously would not wish a broken marriage on anyone, ever, but it has forced me to do a few things. Number one, stop and think about what do I really want? Who am I? Who do I want to be? what pride lies in my life, what sin lies in my life, how do I untangle it, therapy, all the things. Number two, how is God going to be glorified in this, even though maybe I don't want him to be at times, which is uh, scary to say. Um, And number three, what's next? You know, how can I, how do I know what's next when everything feels so upside down and it forced me into full surrender? And so, I'm now a year out from, well, I'm about a year and a half out almost from when I had moved out. And then it's been exactly a year today, actually, since my divorce was finalized. And I would not say I'm 100% healed. I think healing is a lifelong process. I think that I have a lot of clarity and I've been going to therapy and really just trying to work on my mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health. It's going to take a long time. I'm definitely like not there. I have not arrived. (laughs) And I think that that's okay. I'm also still going through a lot. (laughs) My other grandma passed away about a month ago or two months ago now. And my parents are still traveling. I totaled my car three weeks ago and everything just kind of feels like a mess. But I know that ultimately I'm not in control and I have a great support system around me and that at the end of the day, I can only do what I can do, right? And none of it's in my own strength. And that's kind of what I am depending on. So here are the things that are sad in my life right now. Trust me, this is going somewhere. So I have no car. That's a bummer. My grandma did pass away. 
My family won't be here for Thanksgiving or Christmas, which is a huge bummer. My little brother is probably moving away. And I'm honestly just losing my mind. (laughs) But here are the things that are happy. I have a great support system here. Incredible community. Friendships, richer friendships than I've ever seen in my life. My parents, we talk every day. They're coming back in December still for my little brother's graduation. My little brother's graduating. My nephew is perfect. My brothers are still here right now. And I'm okay. I made it through the hardest year of my life. And I know that harder things will probably come along, but I'm okay. And so I know this is just like a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but I want to just tell whoever is listening I pray that you're not going through what I went through. And if you are, please let me be your example of it gets better. I had nothing, nothing when I left. Um, I had like a couple thousand dollars and a vacuum and an espresso in my clothes, in my dresser. And that's about it. You can ask my friends, Caroline and Megan, who helped me move. And though I had nothing, I felt like I had plenty at the same time. And that came with having open hands and just accepting what was ever going to come my way. And I did not do it perfectly. I cannot stress that enough. It was probably the least graceful thing you've ever seen in your life. And I still cry a lot. (laughs) But I think that there's a lot of beauty in that too. Because I always talk about how healing, A, is not linear. But B, it's never pretty. Usually, like, if you get, like, cut, the scab is super ugly. And the scar may not fade all the way completely, but you're still healed. It just takes time. And so I think that that is kind of where I'm at. And I recently started dating again, which is crazy to even talk about. And that's been really fun just to know, like, you know, divorce is not the end all be all. You know, my story doesn't stop there. And I finally just like put down the pen and I'm letting myself not write it anymore because it's not going to work if I try to write my own story and letting God pick up the pen and do it. And so I just want to encourage anyone out there that your story matters. And when you feel ready to share it, you should, because you never know who might be going through what you're going through. I mean, I remember literally Googling, I'm going through a divorce and I don't know what to do. And so if that's you, please talk to me. I would love to share more. Um, but yeah, so that's my story. I don't know how, you know, cohesive that was. And I kind of feel like I just word vomited for 20 minutes, but I really appreciate you listening to a pretty, um, intimate part of my life. And if you have any questions or just need to chat, you know where to find me. I would love to. And I just really do appreciate you listening to my story. I really am trying to handle it with care and I hope you will do the same with yours. And yeah, next week will be a lot more exciting and fun and kooky crazy and not as heavy. Um, I'm going to have my friend Eric Thurza. We talk about music. We talk about all the things and he's just the best. And so I'm excited for that. But until then, Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at call me when you get this pod or just my normal Instagram is Caitlin Olivia with two eyes on the second eye. And I, oh, this is fun. I made a playlist for the podcast of, it'll be like the episode and then the song I tell you to listen to at the end 
um, each week. And so I will link that in the show notes. And this week, what song do I want you to listen to? I honestly haven't even thought on it. I have my song. I heard it in spin yesterday and I've been listening to it all day since. It's called Kind of Girl by Muna. So you should go listen to it. I'll put it at the end of this episode. That's all I've got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, reach out if you need anything. And I love you and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.